the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Hour number two is underway now at eight minutes past ten o'clock on this free-for-all Friday, the 22nd morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks for being with us. Normally you hear at the top of every hour the great communicator from the state of California. I had to forego Ronald Reagan so I could make room and make time for the great sage of South California instead. Larry Elder joining us once again here on AM 1420, The Answer. Larry, my friend, good morning, sir. Bob, always an honor. Thank you so much for letting me borrow your audience. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, Larry, you've been uh, all over this on your show. You've been all over it on Twitter, and I just uh, really want you to share as much of the wisdom as you can with our morning audience here, for those who may not hear you at night. The Jussie Smollett case is just so devastating and disturbing on so many levels that have nothing to do with Jussie Smollett. Yes, he's the criminal. Yes, he's the perpetrator. Yes, he's the liar. Yes, he's the hoaxer, the fake hate crime maker. But it's the media and the left leftist politicians that have blown this up and turned it into an all-out assault, at least over the last three weeks, on Trump and Trump supporters that, to me, are far more damaging than even what Smollett himself did, Larry. I would say also, not only on Trump and Trump supporters, but on America itself. The whole... BS notion that America remains a, a racist cauldron is why this story had legs. The other thing that I think this story shows you is how often the police are lied to and lied on. Here in California, there's a city called Rialto, about 100,000 people. The cops were forced to wear body cam, and they resisted. They didn't want to. But after a year or so of wearing it, they did a test, and they found out that complaints against the police fell 90%. Why? Civilians and suspects knew they were being watched. They stopped lying. Officer use of force also declined 50%, not because the officers behaved any differently because the camera were on. The civilians did, and therefore the officers didn't have to use the kind of force they had to use in the past. The same thing happened when uh, body cams were mandated for cops in Ventura here in California. Same thing happened in five different cities in the U.K. Every time, Bob, complaints against the police fell 90%. People have been lying. And there's a woman named Sonny Hoskins on The View. And she said, oh, I'm so shocked. I'm I'm appalled. I'm a former federal prosecutor. And my experience is that false complaints happen only in 2 to 10% of the times. 90% 90% decline in complaints against the officers, and she says only 2 to 10% of, of claims are false. Apparently, the officers have been lied on and lied on and lied on. And last That's year, a- I wrote an article, Bob, about uh, a period of about two or three weeks. Three motorists, black motorists, claimed and went on social media and talked about how they got pulled over for, for driving while black. I was mistreated. I was called this. I was called that. The three motorists were unaware they were being taped. Tape comes out. Uh, and all three of them were lying, including a woman who claimed she was sexually assaulted. And one of those guys, one of those guys, Bob, was the local NAACP branch chairman. He lied. I saw that. On social media posted it for five minutes. I did this. I lied. 
My goodness, racism is no longer a major problem in America. To say otherwise is just a, 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 a slander on this country. And what Jocelyn Smollett has, has shown uh, is that people buy this, they believe it, they run with it, they want to run with it. A woman uh, who hosts a show on People TV said, I was, quote, hoping and praying, close quote, this day would never come, meaning the day that we find out that Jocelyn Smollett pulled a hoax. In other words, it's better for her to believe that there are Trump-supporting goons paroling the streets of, of Chicago at 2 o'clock at night, armed with bleach and a noose, looking for black and, and, and gay Trump bashers to beat up and, and to whitewash and to lynch. She would rather believe that than to believe this guy lied. That's just sick. Yeah, it really is, uh, Larry. We're talking with the great sage of South Central, Larry Elder. Um, Larry, you know, if, some of the celebrities uh, as well, uh, people like Ellen Page. I, I tweeted yesterday because I'm getting so frustrated with her that she has been absolutely silent since she went on Stephen Colbert on national television and blamed specifically, not just, quote, Trump supporters, not just Trump, specifically Mike Pence, saying he practices hate on a daily basis because he happens to belong to a church that practices, you know, the Bible. Um, and and she, she blamed Mike Pence, saying he has fostered this kind of hatred against him. Right. She has been dead right. silent since the uh, police uh, you know, revealed everything that we know about the hoax. Well, a lot of them have, have gone into radio silence ever since this thing has been exposed. Look, the high point in race relations when polls ask, are race relations good or somewhat good, occurred for whites and blacks during the administration of, wait for it, George W. Bush. The numbers of people that felt that way declined precipitously during the administration of Barack Obama, well before Donald Trump descended those stairs. I'm not saying that people have not felt worse about race relations since Trump has come in, but the big decline occurred under Obama's watch. You know, the, the number of hate crimes, that's the other thing they're doing. They, you know, it, it, the, some are radio silent, as you pointed out. Some are saying, okay, yeah, he did it, but that doesn't mean race crimes aren't on the rise. Since Trump took office, race crimes, or excuse me, hate crimes, rather, hate crimes are on the rise. And they, and they cite some statistics that are easily rebutted and refuted when you point out the fact that many police localities have never tracked statistics on quote-unquote hate crimes before. Now they're tracking them and counting them, so the total goes up and they say, look at that, in the age of Trump, hate crimes have been on the rise. I'm with you. I think racism is really, really reduced as a major factor in this country. It still exists in a lot of circumstances. Look at the look at the um, Coast Guard lieutenant uh, nut job who uh, wants to kill kill every last person on earth, the avowed white nationalist, and so on. But Larry, the point of the matter, or the point of it is, these hate crimes are just now being tracked, and suddenly they're saying, well, it's because Trump is in office that the number is going up. Yeah, well, hate crimes, as a percentage of all crimes, it's always been a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of 1%. And it does appear to be a rise uh, in some kinds of hate crimes, especially in New York, but they are hate crimes against Jews. Jews, Jews yeah. are four times more likely to be a victim of a religious-based hate crime uh, than a Muslim. Uh, you know, Eric Holder, to me, is a more dangerous demagogue about the issue of racism being a big problem, even more so than, than Sharpton and Jesse Jackson uh, and, uh, and Farrakhan, because... Uh, uh, because Eric Holder is courtly. He's respected. Uh, he's, he's, he's not a flamethrower. He gave a speech once, and he said, you know, the blatant racism, the kind of racism you, that, you, that you talk about, nut jobs, we got that. We got that. It's the pernicious racism that's a real problem. He cited three examples, all of which are easily refuted. He said that the push for voter ID was pernicious racism. Well, the problem with that argument is the majority of blacks won voter ID, and a study by three professors, Harvard, Stanford, and Penn, all said that the uh, voter laws had had zero effect on suppressing the black and brown vote. So it's a lie. The second thing he said is that black boys, any given school, get kicked out more than do uh, white boys. And that's true. Uh, 
Decatur, Illinois, a few years ago, all-white school board kicked out a bunch of black kids. In comes Jesse Jackson, files a lawsuit. The Decatur, Illinois school board defended itself, Bob, by noting all around the country, irrespective of the composition of the school board, irrespective of the race of the principal, black boys are kicked out more than white boys. Sorry, they're misbehaving. The third thing he said was uh, that black criminal defendants get a longer sentence for the same crime as committed by a white criminal defendant. And that's also true. He cited the U.S. Sentencing Commission, which says that a black criminal defendant gets about a 20.5% longer sentence than a white guy for the same crime. But what Eric Holder didn't tell you is that the same Sentencing Commission said the reason for this is because judges, at the time of sentencing, take into consideration a defendant's criminal history, a work record, a degree of remorse, and a bunch of other factors, and they could not determine that the longer sentence had anything whatever to do with the defendant's race. Furthermore, black judges give criminal defendants about the same sentences as do white judges. So it's a lie, and that's the best he could come up with. And this guy is a cutting edge on racism is in our DNA. Uh, America, he once said, when it comes to matters of race, is, quote, a nation of cowards. He has perpetuated so many BS lies during his, eight, during his time he was an AG and continues to do so continue to do so. These guys are making things worse. You're telling people the man's out to get you. Therefore, don't work hard. Don't put the time into school because, after all, the man's going to hold you back. Overcoming laziness is one of the hardest things to do in life. You're giving these people an excuse not to, not to put forth the effort. This, this, this is sick. It's really sad. Larry Elder's our guest. Uh, you've been talking about Eric Holder, so I have to ask you, is he going to throw his hat into the ring with the legions of other Democrats? Well, he's in Iowa. You don't go to Iowa right now <laughs> for any other reason other than to kick the tires. He's finding out how people regard him. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it. He doesn't have any money. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I just... If he I did, would he be a threat? Him. If he did, Larry, would he be a threat uh, to win that nomination? Is, do you think he'd, he'd develop it back? So. I, I, think, no? I think the guy, I think the front runners have to, have to be Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden. Uh, I, I don't see Eric Holder uh, uh, doing it, but you know, uh, somebody once uh, never held office, ran for office, <laughs> became president. His name is Donald Trump. So you know, anything could happen. I want to get your response to one other thing. Uh, I know you don't hear this live, but you're on the air at the same time this show is on. But uh, please listen to this from CNN. See homophobia in the black community through his eyes on this show. This is a Jackie Robinson against homophobia in the black community. Van Jones on CNN, Larry, yeah. described Jussie Smollett as Jackie Robinson. Go ahead. Yeah, Van Van Whitelash Jones. No, he's more like Baghdad Bob. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Jackie <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> How insulting. Uh, and, and like there aren't any other uh, black gay guys in the whole world. Uh, this, is the, this is the guy that, that paved the, the, the trail. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even watch Empire. I, I tried to watch one episode. It was so bad that I, uh, that I almost sued to get my time back. I mean, that's how, that's how bad this thing is. So I, I didn't even know who he was until this happened. Did you? I, I didn't either. But, but here's the thing that really, no. I mean, they're appropriating the, the, the legacies. They're appropriating the legacies of civil rights icons like Muhammad. Colin Kaepernick has been called by the left uh, Muhammad Ali. Now, now, uh, now, now, Jesse Smollett is, is, is Jackie Robinson. I mean, are we losing our minds here? These are people that are revered by whites and blacks alike for their incredible work uh, in, in, in trying to bring equality to this country and appropriating civil rights. And right. they're, they're, they're identifying these people as the victims that, uh, you know, that Ali and, and, and Jackie Robinson, the things they were subjected to, it's, it, it's right. mind-blowing. 
Yeah, MLK and Jackie Robinson didn't do it for the money. Uh, it turns out his motive, Jossie Smollett's motive, was he wanted to increase his empire salary. It, they, they, this is season five. They shoot 18 episodes. He was on track, according to the Associated Press, to make this year $1.8 million, $100,000 per episode. And they said at least $1.8 million. You know, Bob, it's tough to get by on $1.8 million. You know how, you know how expensive <laughs> it is to hire Nigerians to beat you up? Yeah, they're expensive. No, but, but, but I think it's so much. Larry, I think it's so much bigger than that, too, right? It's bigger than just a salary or paycheck per episode here, because if he achieves what he wanted here, which was victim status, I've been oppressed for my race and for my sexuality. I've been beaten up for that. That is going to make right. him a hero to the left, and it's going to right. get him new script offers. He's going to be in movies. Right. He's going to have more opportunities. I right. think that's what he's looking for here as far as personal enrichment. Absolutely. His lawyers say that he's innocent, he'll be vindicated. I can see the defense right now. If the rope don't fit, you must acquit. I can see it. <laughs> and on that one, we'll say good night. That is a great way to end the show. Larry, uh, Larry, thanks so much for the visit. It's always a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Good night. Thank you, my friend. Larry Elder from uh, Los Angeles. It's 1020. That's a perfect way to end that conversation. Let's uh, bring you back onto the uh, phone lines now. 216-901-0945. We're guest-free the rest of the way. We talked to Steve Loomis. We have now talked to Larry Elder. Let's talk with one another next on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, you know, I'm looking at um, social media sometimes in between segments, and um, and there's some memes that are pretty good out there. I just, I just, I, I want to make fun, and I do a little bit, especially on social media of this situation. But it is just so serious, you know. I mean, it's like I'm looking at one right now. An economy so strong, even Justice Smollett hired two people with a smiling face of Donald Trump there. And uh, uh, I saw another one the other day saying, "When America is so great." Uh, where, how, how was it phrased? Um, uh, so many Americans are working that Jesse had to hire Nigerians to beat him up or something like that. Uh, it, just uh, some really, really, you know, seriously funny stuff going on out there because it is a humorous situation if it weren't for the fact that it's harming people. It really is. The media, the leftist uh, um, uh, elected officials and politicians and uh, candidates and so on, they, they are hurting people. They, they literally are causing pain to people, physical in some cases, uh, bullying and emotional abuse in other cases, and it's, and it's all born of their true desire to believe, not their, their actual belief, not their actual belief in the evil of Trump supporters, but their desire. They want it to be true. They want to believe that it's true. They want to believe that those who say that the red cap is like the new white pointed hood, they want that to be true. They want to believe that when there's a Trump supporter walking into a store or walking down the street or a bunch of them, they want people to really believe that those are the new Klansmen. And the fact of the matter is that literally, not figuratively, literally every single element of Trump policy has been good for minority America. All of it. Not most of it. All of it. (laughs) Blacks, Latinos, Asians, women, the disabled or the uh, challenged or whatever the PC term is going to be today. 
They are all doing better under Donald Trump than they have ever done in recorded American history. But they want you to believe that Trump hates black people and hates minorities and hates Mexican people or Latino people, and therefore his supporters hate them as well. They want it to be true so badly they're willing to buy into something that they know, they absolutely have to know, is phony. Every element of the Jussie Smollett story was so easily disproven, but they bought it so quickly because they want it to be true. Yes, Trump supporters beat up a gay black guy, told you they were evil. But they're not. Donnie and Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Donnie. Uh, excellent program today, excellent program. I just wanted to say that I, over the past several years, I've been looking at at all of these different things going on where the media they'll jump on one thing and then jump to the next one after it's proven to be false. They've earned every nickname that has been given to them from the enemy of the people to the drive-by media because they do exactly that. And this stuff, yeah, it would have been, it was funny years ago, but um, like, like they say, for it to be funny, there has to be an element of truth in it. Yeah, that's very true. That is exactly right. And you know what? They, uh, as far as the enemy of the people, I know people hate saying that because they think it's good. You know, here's the, here's the, here's the real circular logic of this, Donnie. The, you know, they 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 say they don't like the president calling the press the enemy of the people or the main the, the the mainstream press, the fake news media, the enemy of the people, because it's going to lead to lunatics trying to attack and harm the press. And, and that is simply a self-fulfilling prophecy. They believe that Trump supporters are dangerous and psychotic and willing to harm people. They believe that Trump encourages his base to harm people. And then when they, when, when he calls them out for saying those things, they say, see, that's going to lead to more people harming us. It's, it's a vicious circle is what it is. And there's no way out of it. The left demonizes Trump. Trump pushes back against the left, or I'm sorry, the press demonizes Trump. Trump pushes back against the press, and the press says, don't say that about us because you're demonized. The people we've already demonized are then going to come back to try to hurt us. It's just so ridiculous, and it is so dangerous. Bad news for Jesse Smollett. I've got a news story here for you before we get to the bottom of the hour news. You know how Jesse Smollett, as we talked to Larry Elder about, he wanted uh, he wanted an increase in pay from his $1.8 million salary on, episode, or, uh, on uh, Empire? He wanted an increase in pay per episode. Literally moments ago, breaking news reported by Fox, Jesse Smollett's character has been written out of the final two episodes of the upcoming season of Empire. So he is now making $0 per episode. Well played, Jesse. We're back after this. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1034, I got 26 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you on the program uh, today. We'll take you until 11 o'clock. Uh, phone lines are open at 216-901-0945. Open lines for this last half hour, 888 Twitter and Facebook as well. You can follow me. Uh, excuse me, follow my page and like my page on those two platforms, which I despise, at uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, or Radio Done Right. Find me there, and we'll share information. I was just reading a tweet, or not a tweet, rather uh, part of an article that I saw this morning before the show. Uh, just kind of turn away from the Jesse Smollett story for just a second. 
Somebody explain to me how an accredited American university can give Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a degree in economics. Somebody tell me how Alexandria Calibundio-Cortez has a degree in economics. She's economically illiterate. Let me say that again. Not substandard. Illiterate. Terrific piece by Mark Thiessen in the Washington Post which will soon be owned by Nick Sandman and Covington's, uh, Covington uh, Catholic High School. Um, the left complains that conservatives are obsessing over Alexandria Kelly Bundio cortez Well, there's a reason for that. Bundio cortez is driving the agenda of today's Democrat Party, and her economic illiteracy is dangerous, writes Thiessen. Case in point, last week, uh, Kelly Bundio cortez celebrated the tanking of a deal negotiated by her fellow Democrats in which Amazon was going to build a new headquarters in Long Island City, right next to her congressional district. Amazon's departure cost the city between 25,000 and 40,000 new jobs. Forget the tech workers whom Amazon would have, who would have employed. Gone are all the unionized construction jobs to build the headquarters, as well as thousands of jobs created by all the small businesses, restaurants, bodegas, dry cleaners, food carts that were preparing to open or expand to serve Amazon employees. They are all devastated by Amazon's withdrawal. Bundio Cortez was not disturbed at all. We were subsidizing those jobs, she said. Frankly, if we were willing to give away $3 billion for this deal, we could invest those $3 billion in our district ourselves if we wanted to. We could hire more teachers. We can fix our subways. We can put a lot of people to work for that amount of money if we wanted to. Um, no, you can't. Kelly Bundy O. Cortez does not seem to realize that New York doesn't have $3 billion in cash sitting around waiting to be spent on her socialist dreams. The subsidies to Amazon were tax incentives, not cash payouts. It's Amazon's money, which New York agreed to make tax-exempt, so the company would invest in, its, uh, invest in building its new headquarters, hiring new workers, generating tens of billions in new tax revenue. As New York Mayor Bill de Blasio explained... The Amazon deal would have produced $27 billion in new tax revenue to fuel priorities from transit to affordable housing, a nine-fold return on the taxes the city and state were prepared to forego to win the headquarters. Unlike Kelly Bundio Cortez's imaginary $3 billion slush fund, this is real money that actually could have been used to hire those teachers, fix those subways, and put people to work. With Amazon leaving New York, that $27 billion leaves with it genius. But it doesn't end there. The economically illiterate Kelly Bundy O. Cortez does not seem to understand that by helping to drive Amazon away as she did, she did not save New York $3 billion. She cost it $24 billion. That's a difference, the difference between having bad ideas and not grasping basic economic facts. Reasonable people can disagree about whether New York should have offered $3 billion in tax incentives or anything at all to build its headquarters there, but that's different from not understanding the basic concept that New York would not be writing a $3 billion check to Amazon, part two. She made the same kind of error in December when she tweeted the following. $21 trillion of Pentagon financial transactions could not be traced, documented, or explained. $21 trillion in Pentagon accounting errors, she wrote. Medicare for all costs, $32 trillion. That means 66% of Medicare for all, and I love how she just pulled out her little phone, punched up the little calculator app, and did 21 divided by 32 to figure out that it's 66%. And now she calls herself an economist. (laughs) 
But as Pentagon spokesman Christopher Sherwood told the New York Post, DOD hasn't received $21 trillion in appropriated funding across the entirety of American history, let alone having it there now. Once again, Ocasio, Kelly Bundio, Cortez did not grasp the fact that the Pentagon did not have a magic pile of $21 trillion in cash sitting in a vault somewhere. Her economic illiteracy matters because she's the principal author of the Green New Deal which has been endorsed by most of the leading Democrat candidates for president. From this uneducated mind of Kelly Bundio Cortez has sprung the most ambitious plan for government intervention in the economy since Lenin's train pulled into Petrograd's Finland station. (laughs) If Ocasio, I mean Kelly Bundio Cortez, doesn't understand how tax subsidies work, how can she be trusted to plan the federal takeover of health care, energy, transportation sectors of our economy? Think she and her allies have any idea as to her now infamous talking points put it to upgrade or replace every building in America or replace every combustible engine vehicle or connect every corner of America with high-speed rail to replace all fossil fuel energy with alternative energy sources in 10 years' time? Apparently they think we just have to find all the magic pots of cash the government's been hiding. And when this kind of ignorance is driving policymaking... In Washington, America is in profound danger. Amazon left New York because Kelly Bundio Cortez and her fellow Democratic Socialists created a hostile environment in that city. And if she has her way, Democrats are going to do the same to, to the rest of America, what they just did to New York. Dangerous, dangerous times with some dangerous, dangerous people getting far, far too many opportunities. Nancy in Cleveland is on AM 1420. The answer next. Thanks for your patience, Nancy. Go right ahead. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, before I get to the main thing is, uh, just for your information, uh, Netflix paid $10 million for the story of uh, Cortez yep. for a production company. And guess who's on the board of Netflix? Obama. Barack and I, Obama. And, and therefore, people should stop uh, patronizing Netflix and just go back to go getting the uh, videotapes out of the local stores. Uh, but uh, the fact that uh, another caller mentioned this, she says, how did Cortez get all this information? She has a feeling that Obama is behind training her and giving her this information. Yeah, but even Obama, even Obama, for all of his socialist leanings and tendencies, was never as brazen as this, and never did he sound as dumb as she does. I mean, you would think well, if he was going to coach her, he was going to coach her better than this. Well, there's, she has a feeling that there is some coaching, how much we don't know. But the uh, other thing, that main thing I wanted to mention is, you know how you stop all this stuff from these colleges? Number one, the federal government needs to close down the Department of Education. They should have never been in there in the first place. Because what people don't understand is it's taxpayers' money, you, the hardworking people, that are paying the salaries of these Fabian socialist professors that are putting all this gobbledygook in your kids' heads. And they'll say, well... We need college. No, you don't. You go sign up. The unions are desperate for new apprentices because the average working person uh, on the job with trained skills is 55 years old, and they hardly have anybody to replace these guys when they get ready to retire. Like this, these kids will learn a school. They won't get in debt. All they got to do is pay union dues and fees, and 
uh, they'll have a skill that they'll make more money when they come out out of the apprenticeship program because a lot of them are starting at 18, 20 bucks an hour on these uh, union apprenticeship programs. And then they'll make real money and then they won't have their minds altered. So that young man from Covington, forget about college, honey. Just go get yourself a good trade and you'll make money and you won't be in well- debt. You, you, you make a lot of great points, Nancy, except for the fact that in 10 years, all of those jobs are going to be obsolete, right? Because only people are going to be able to work for the government, or they're going to be working for the solar panel companies or the wind uh, windmill uh, 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 electrical generator farms. Because Alexandria Cortez says within 10 years, we're going to get rid of all fossil fuels, and we're going to be all on renewable energy. And that's where every American is going to have to work. They're going to have to work well, in those plants. Well, somebody said that, uh, I forget which one of the talk shows, says actually they're just they're just using her but the democratic party has already established part of that platform and uh, there it's going to be like a 10-year slow process to incorporate all of these ideas to take over america so unless we get rid of these type of progressive democrats and go back to you know a real american lover uh in 10 years she might be shouting it. You might think it's crazy, but they said that the Democratic Party already has a bill with some of these items in it. Yeah, you're, you're right. I've heard that, too. Uh, Nancy, you make some very great points, and I thank you so much for calling this morning. I appreciate that. Uh, from Nancy in Cleveland to Navy man Norm in Strongsville. Hey, Norm, go right ahead. Good, sir. Well, somebody, somebody, please tell Chico Loco Cortez that Moby Dick is not a venereal disease. <laughs> Did you have to do that to me this morning? I was having a nice morning. You know, you, you, you don't want to do that to me. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. Listen, what I'm calling about it really will light your fire like it lit mine. And I sent you a copy of the link. University of Notre Dame. Professors. Pro-life people are responsible for white supremacy. I'm not kidding you. Pro-life people are responsible for white supremacy because we're the people that want black babies aborted. Did you ever, ever, you talk about Cortez? These are supposed to be learned people at my son's alma mater. And this is one reason, Bob, why when somebody says, did your son go to a Catholic university? I go, no, he went to Notre Dame. I am. Um, I've heard some very radical things about Notre Dame uh, in the same way that I've heard some very radical things about your alma mater, your high school alma mater, and some radical things right. about other quote unquote Catholic schools, DePaul University in Chicago among them. Um, but I, I, I'm failing to grasp what you said about this one. The professors well, there are saying that pro lifers are, are advancing white supremacy because they the pro-lifers who don't want abortion to be legal want abortions to be legal for just black people? Is that what they're saying? Yes, for the people of color. And they have a group called Irish for, the number four, Irish for Reproductive Health, uh, sponsored by the university. It's a pro-abortion cabal of the usual suspects, yeah. um, people from the LGBT community but where are they getting this part that, because i'm i mean look i've been a part of this pro-life movement for a long time i know you have have you ever in any circle of pro-life 
conversation, whether it be at the March for Life or whether it be at a local church group meeting or whether it be an online group or something, have you ever seen anybody who is pro-life include the words, except for blacks, after it? Never. Never. Because, because Never. to me, I think the most pro-white supremacy people on this planet are the pro-choicers because the vast majority of abortions in this country are performed on black women. Black women sacrificing their babies are, 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 are contributing to white, at least, majority status. I won't use the word su- supremacy, but but seriously, I mean, the black population is devastated by abortion. So anybody who is pro-choice, in in my opinion, anybody who's pro-choice, which means pro-abortion, they're the real racist because they they want more black babies to continue to die. That is a I, that's I've never heard of any such a thing, Norm. Well, the founder and idol of uh, Hillary Clinton, Margaret Sanger, had her Negro project in the 1930s. That's what it was called. I want everybody to know that you weren't using a slur there. That is exactly what it was called. Continue. And she referred to black people as human weeds. Right. That needed to be pulled. They needed to be pulled, and she wanted the less desirables of society to be weeded out, to to be bred out, essentially, including, she said the same thing about the disabled or the handicapped uh, or people with certain low IQs. She was a eugenicist. People with certain low IQs shouldn't be allowed to breed because they're going to make dumb babies. Blacks shouldn't be allowed to have babies because they're going to make more black babies. And she was the mother. She was the mother. Ironically, we'll call her a mother of 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 Planned Parenthood, and yes, I've played the clip on this program before. Uh, um, Former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton won the Margaret Sanger Award just a few years back and praised her work. Right, and her favorite quote, Bob, and you can look this up, was that the greatest thing that a large family can do is to kill their youngest child. I'm, I'm, I mean, this goes beyond the pale, and this is the person that they worship from plant, I call it plant holocaust, not Planned Parenthood, but I sent you the link on this Notre Dame thing, and along with the link, I sent a copy of the letter I wrote to Father Jenkins, the president of Notre Dame, and in my, shall we say, uh, shy writing style, told him exactly what I thought of the people there in this Irish for reproductive health and his professors and their racist comments that pro-life people are white supremacists. And uh, it's, Bob, it's unbelievable. The only thing I could do this morning was to pray, to pray and pray for them, because when they're they're going down the tubes faster than uh, uh, the Democratic Party. But I just wanted you to be aware of this. And well, I, I, I told appreciate my son, that. And my son and I, my son is... Uh, proud of his university i'm not and uh we get into it sometimes but uh you know that that's it is what it is but i am not going to sit still and be called a white supremacist because i believe in the sanctity of human life for all people not just some people bob all people my friend, I appreciate that, and I respect every single word of it. God bless you, my friend, and thank you um i I too would not be proud of that situation. I can tell you this. <sighs> When you see and hear stories like this coming from a supposed Catholic university, <clears throat> when you hear uh, what he just talked about with Notre Dame, 
which is something that you would think, especially if you are Catholic, would be a safe place for religious-minded, um, Christian values, having Catholic values, having people to be surrounded by like-minded people so that you don't have uh, all kinds of conflicts. Um, you would think that that would be the kind of place you want to be. That would be your refuge from the Cal Berkeleys of the world, where conservatives are being punched in the face on the square simply for being conservative. Um, that's the refuge from the Oberlin Colleges. That's the refuge from the Kent States. That's the refuge from the Harvards. You would think you could go to those Catholic universities. You'd be wrong. Those Catholic universities are becoming just as far left, just as progressive, and anti-Catholic doctrine and anti-Christian principles and values as, as the far left campuses are. And that's exactly why my daughter right now, my senior daughter, is away at Hillsdale College. She's there for Scholars Weekend. She's been invited as one of the top freshmen who applied and who have been accepted uh, to come and compete uh, with other top scholars, the best of the best, to, to, uh, to listen to professors, to engage in a- academic debate and discussion, to, um, uh, to, to do interviews and so on and so forth. That's why she's there right now. And as soon as I saw that, that, uh, that conservative being punched at Berkeley yesterday, I sent that video to her and saying, just reminding you why you are in the wonderful place you are right now. She's going to end up at a university where they don't teach what they teach at Notre Dame, where they don't teach what they teach at Berkeley, where they don't teach what they teach at Oberlin and, and the like. And I would encourage you, if you've got children who are going to be in college next year or in 15 years, because maybe they're just young ones, you want to save and protect your kids. You keep them out of those indoctrination centers. You find yourself a Hillsdale or a Grove City or an Ashland or something where academic freedom actually still is practiced and indoctrination is not allowed. You find those and you reward those universities and you get those kids the educations in the right place. Sorry about the soapbox rant there, but I do take it personally because I'm enduring it right now. Back after this. Road construction blocks the right-hand lane. That is 76 westbound before 532, a stop-and-go from 43. Other than that, we are moving freely about the area. This update being brought to us by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates with an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Josh Booth, AM 1420, The Answer. How about this? More breaking news in the Jussie Smollett story, the saga. He's been charged, as you know, with uh, filing a false police report. He could face federal charges as well. He apparently went back to the set after he was released from the police station yesterday. He went back to the set of Empire, told his castmates, I'm innocent. I swear to God, I never did this. And now, to, and then uh, today we learn he was uh, written out. His character has been written out of the last two episodes that have yet to be filmed and recorded for the upcoming season, which means he's on his way out the door. And so now the excuses have started. Jesse Smollett apparently told police officers he has a drug problem that has been untreated. He has a drug problem. He says he bought ecstasy from one of the Nigerian brothers uh, that he uh, hired to beat him up. 
And it's his drug problem that may have led him to act in certain ways. So now it's not my fault. I told you. What did I tell you all over the last several days? He seeks victim status. I've been victimized by my skin color, victimized by my, uh, <laughs> excuse me, my sexuality, and now victimized because I'm an untreated drug addict. It's not my fault. I'm hooked on the drugs. It's the drugs. And of course, we know who planted drugs in the black community. White people. Uh, <laughs> he's a victim no matter what he does. It's somebody else's fault. George in Cleveland, you're on the air. George, go right ahead. Hello, Bob. I just have a few statements I'd like to make. Uh, racism is a moneymaker, and I think it was pretty much in this latest incident with this Jesse dude. Uh, you know, it's all about money. And in the African-American community, the political and religious leadership, even entertainment, they utilize the racism and the hatred of it to advance their themselves positionally and monetarily. I wouldn't use that and, phrasing, George. I wouldn't just say in the African-American community, this is what they do. That's too broad. This is what some do. Racial profiteers do, do this. Yes, Anybody racial profiteers do this. Doesn't. I just don't, I never like that broad brush type of thing by saying this is what okay. the African community do, you know, does. That's not fair okay, and it's not well, right. But yes, there are I'm profiteers. Sorry. You're 100% right, though. There are profiteers, and to see uh, racism being eradicated from this country, as Larry Elder suggested that it is becoming, is very dangerous for them. That's why they have to pay to keep it alive. And they've got to lie to keep it alive because ultimately it will result in profits for them. That is what they do. Dave in Lakewood next. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you you apologized before for a rant. You didn't, I like what you were saying wasn't a rant. All you were talking about was the truth that the lefties in, in Catholic higher education are refusing to admit. They, they're sickening. I'm Jesuit educated. They, they sicken me. I have heard so much crap from I don't know how many Catholic universities, Jesuits, give me a break. Why are, they are infecting teenage Catholic minds. They should be ashamed. And Notre Dame and all the rest of them, they make me sick, and I am a practicing Catholic. That's Dave, I'm with you every Catholic. step of the way, my friend. God bless, and thank you very much for backing up my rant, because uh, I completely agree with you, and it's a shame that we can't turn to the church to help us through this, because they have become a part of the problem. Thank you so much. That's all the time that I've got. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the program today. Thanks to my guests, Steve Loomis and Larry Elder, and uh, stay where you are, because Mike Gallagher's coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.